Welcome to episode 12 of the Synth and Electronic Music Show, brought to you by the Coastal Electronauts here in Dusty Whitstable. My name's Peter Coit, coming to you from the Sonic Shed. I'm joined by Clive Walpole across town in his burned circuit synth cave. Yes, hello there from my uh, And tonight we're pleased to welcome our special guest, electronic musician, composer, MD of Ambient Electronica label Din Records, and maestro of the modular synths, Ian Body. Welcome, Ian. Hello, yeah. I've been fast me on. So you just moved into your new studio? Uh, yes, I've been in a rather small room uh, where I live in my partner's house for the last couple of years while we kind of moved things around. The whole house is a bit like a tangram kind of <laughs> puzzle where we have to move one room to move the other room. And it, we've eventually got space in this bigger room, which is about 21 square metres and... Um, over a course of two or three days, I had to move everything. But it wasn't a very big move. It was only about 20 feet. It was better than taking it all in a van somewhere. And then, obviously, the big job of getting it all to be wired up again and making sure it all works. And it's, uh, it's great. You've got some great stuff in there. You've got the, your BCS3 and your Surge yes. system. <laughs> a Roland System 100M, which you probably can't see from your Zoom picture, is in the, co- the corner there, uh, VCS3. Uh, there's a big surge system behind me, of course, mm-hmm. uh, which is very nice. And over on the other side, there's all these Moogs, the Moog, um, Mini Moog, the original Mini Moog, a Voyager, um, uh, Matriarch, lots of nice instruments. I'm glad you say Moog. And I've got room to walk about in, yes. <laughs> and, and you've got a room you can walk about in. So tonight you've chosen some pieces of music that have influenced and meant something to you over the years. And uh, we're starting off with a track from Tangerine Dream, Mysterious Semblance at the Strand of Nightmares. And it's built, built from like Mellotron improvisations. Yeah, I think it's uh, Dear Departed Edgar Froza yeah. on the... Um, mm. on, uh, and uh, it's, it's, it's important for me because... I think I mentioned to you, it's literally the first piece of space music, electronic music that I heard. I must have been 14 or 15. It literally was on the Alan Freeman show oh, on I love, BBC I love One. Fluffy Freeman. The air, yeah. air, air radio show on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. So you're looking at mainstream air, air, air radio. How on earth would that ever get played now? Mm. And I heard this and it was like, yeah. what is this? The phases, the sound effects, <laughs> yeah, amazing, the Mellotron, yeah. of course. I had never heard anything quite like oh, it. Massive tra- tangerine dream fan. So this is Mysterious Semblance at the Strand of Nightmares.
phaser comes in. That's just a... Um, uh, the story goes that I think his uh, first wife, who obviously passed away, after, uh, she um, was controlling the air, the, the controls on that. So while Edgar was playing the keyboard, she actually was sweeping the, the, the phaser. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but it's a nice story if it is true. It's such an emotional piece as well, isn't it? Yeah, well, you can imagine when I was a, for a 14 or 15 year old, I wasn't quite sure how old I was. I think it, I think it was out in 1974. To hear that on mainstream BBC One, it was like, wow, what? I had to find out what. Yeah. It, it didn't even sound as though it was made on this planet, let alone by a hum, hum, human being. It was such <laughs> a huge effect. That, that, and also a piece by Klaus Schulze, uh, uh, Von Fried, I heard the end of that on a, another local radio show. Those two pieces really kick started my whole interest in electronic music, mm. I think. I suppose they, they, they had the. Um, Tubular Bells uh, as a sort of precedent just before that, which uh, enabled more interesting stuff to be be played. Yeah, I, I get. Well, of course, mm. that, that was the first thing on Virgin Records. I think mm. Theatre and uh, uh, Rubicon came out on Virgin later. But yes, the fact that you could actually release an instrumental album and it was actually uh, commercially successful was a um, quite a surprise, I think, at the time. Mm. Pity it's yeah. not quite like quite like that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <probably. laughs> So next we have a, a track by Vangelis, the Blade Runner end titles, which, uh, I mean, Vangelis, he's similar to Tangerine Dream. He uses, like, an ostinato sequence often. Um, well, he is, and he isn't. He isn't. I mean, tan- Tangerine Dream, the whole German lot, the, the space music feel. Vangelis never really did the space music feel. I mean, mm. Vangelis is one mm. of those totally unique uh, musicians. He's got his own sound. It's, it's uh, His pieces... By and large, you can tell it's Vangelis straight away. Yeah. And I chose this piece because music to picture has always been very much of interest to me and important to me. And I remember seeing the Blade Runner film when it first came out, which again, was that, was that 1984? I can't remember now. Um, and I saw it on one of the big screens yeah. down south and I sat with my friend and yes, the film was an amazing experience and the music was wonderful. And at the end, everybody just got up and left, and we sat there with this incredible piece of music played. Yeah. Uh, we were just totally transfixed by it, which is so. The, yeah, well, it was, it was completely it's, part it's, of the film, wasn't it? It was, it was uh, yeah. mixed yeah, in with the, the, the soundtrack, yeah. the foley. Yeah. It is, and it's kind of his signature sound as well, isn't it? Really? It's one of those unique soundtracks. Was that using CS80? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure he's got CS CS80 on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and but he was—I anyway. uh, mean, he—he's his sort of technique of of writing was improvising as well, wasn't it? He, he'd improvise to the uh, picture, he'd have his own setup with the CS80 and other other synths and stuff. And he, I read that he played the uh, tapes at half speed so he could get more time on them. So this is Blade Runner End Titles by Vangelis.
I mean, he arranges the synths like an orchestra, doesn't he? It does, it does, yeah. And yes, I think there was quite a bit of CS80 on there, especially that bendy, the pitch bendy thing at the end there. So we're going on to an actual orchestral piece next with um, Estonian composer Arvo Peart. Cantus in memory of Benjamin Britten. Yeah, I wanted to choose one piece of uh, classical um, uh, music, and I mean classical in the broadest sense of the terms. I've, I've always been influenced. I mean, I can mention J.S. Bach, uh, uh, Debussy. Composers like this are very important to me. And this piece of music particularly, it's not one of his better-known ones, but it's almost synthetic in the way you use of the orchestral strings. There's, there's quite, there's a, it, it, it slowly descends and there's different musical lines going at different speeds. It, so it, it's almost electronic, but it's not. It's a string orchestra and it's very emotional. <laughs> it's beautiful and has a melancholic feel. It seems simple, but it's not as simple as you think. And mm. it's something I've used, a technique I've used in pieces before where there's several musical lines playing at different speeds and it has a, a nice effect yeah he, he has his uh, the tentabulary uh, yeah. sort of uh, method of, of like peeling bells yes or well, right at the very 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 end of the last mm. chord stops you can just hear the decay of a bell mm. it's a very so somebody must have just played the very soft bell and it just decays away it's a beautiful um, point in the piece if, if we get that far <laughs>
horizon. Yeah, it's lovely. Oh. You're the bell at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the, those dense last chords put a phaser on that and we're almost back to mysterious <laughs> yeah. semblance of nightmares. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah put me in mind a bit of uh, Samuel Barber as well, that sort of vibe. Yeah. Mm. Apparently, he had, a, he had a strong affinity to Benjamin Britten and was, was um, upset that he, had, he didn't get to meet him before he died. Oh, I didn't uh, realise that. But, I mean, that, as I said, it's not his, his best-known piece, but I wanted to tie it in with how sometimes in classical pieces of music, orchestral pieces of music, there's elements of what the textures you might want to create in electronics. Yeah. Mm. How, how, so there's a, there's, they're not complete. To, to me, they don't exist in different worlds. There's a lot no. of crossover. Well, the, uh, the so-called minimalists... Uh, sort of movement is is, is very influential well, in electronic music. Steve Reich, Philip Glass are very. I yeah. could have easily chosen one of their pieces as well, but I chose that one. So um, we're going on to a uh, to, to uh, Niels Fram mm. next. Says says. I I, I want to do uh, obviously electronic music like every genre of music. It's it it evolves. I could. We, we could sit here all night and we could play the classic uh, 70s and 80s albums by all the artists we know and love, but I wanted yeah. to ha- include a piece by a more modern composer, a more contemporary composer who was doing something a little different, perhaps, with elect- electronics. Mm. And this piece, it, for me, it shows the power of what chords can do. Mm. It's a repetitive arpeggio that doesn't seem to be going anywhere, and suddenly it just burst into this glorious series of arpeggiated chords that just tears at your heart. I've seen mm. him play live and he's wonderful live. He's a very a wonderful performer on stage. Yeah. And with electronic music, sometimes it's all great having abstract stuff, but sometimes just that, the power of chords is, and I use chords a lot in what, what, what I play. So I've always, I've always loved, I've always loved this yeah. piece.
wasn't ready for the end. It's so emotional, isn't it? it? There's so much emotion in it. I, I don't know if you know, you, you, you may have heard this. He uses tape. He uses lots of tape echoes. I think when yeah. I saw him at the stage up here, I counted something like six or seven tape echo machines on, on, on stage. And um, he does this trick where he has the top off the tape echo, so you've got the, 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 the loop of tape going around, and he physically presses on the plate, yeah. which, make, which bends the pitch. Of, of, of the echo you get these kind of slightly detuned that's why he's yeah, getting those extra sort of bits of de- detuning going on <laughs> yeah it's quite a very f- physical performance when you see him play that which yeah. of course is great mm. uh, yeah well, that's one of the, sort of the proms performance of that yeah, he, he was just elbowing and yeah. nudging the, <laughs> the tape echo wasn't he and absolutely yeah, Has he, played, I mean, he must be playing um, I mean he's obviously there's Juno 60 is the uh, a, I think he's got. I think he's got three or four um, layers of, of, of echo, mm. and it's it's kind of in threes. But there's all sorts of weird kind of timings going on. It, it, it's, mm. it's obviously an, an arpe, arpe, arpeggiator, and then he's changing the chords of the arpeggiator. And he's playing. It's just a wonderfully simple piece in some ways, but packed with with passion. Yeah. yeah. Have you heard that before, Clive? I've not heard that one. No, that was a new one. Yeah. Good. So moving on to some. Uh, Tracks from Din artists. Mm, that'd be nice. And <laughs> <laughs> starting with uh, Devox. Yeah, Devox is a couple of guys, Paul and uh, Nino, who got in touch with me with a demo um, really out of the blue. Mm. And um, I get sent quite a lot of demos, as you can imagine. And I'll be honest, most of them aren't that great. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> but this first track, which I think we're going to play, um, um, opera, it just blew me away. And it's it's got some similarities to the Sayers track we just heard in terms of the arpeggiators. It's not quite as full on as that, but again, the beautiful harmonic progression of the arpe- arpeggiator, which gives it a lot of uh, emotion. It's a, a wonderful track. Okay, this is a D-Vox opera. Thank you. 
Yeah, back onto the tube. Mm, it's really nice, that. Really. Yeah, I should explain. Uh, 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 Telegraph, the album it's from, did a 57. Each of the tracks segues with a um, recording from a subway or a tube station all over the world. So the whole thing's like a um, a subway uh, uh, journey between all these different imaginary yeah, stations. Yeah. Right. Very clever. Very nice. There's, there's a yeah. very lovely emotional, melodic con- uh, content to that, isn't it? Well, it, again, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's the typical sort of synthesizer ostinato pattern, but it's not just an ostinato pattern. It harmonically moves around, mm. which makes it far more emotional and interesting, I think. Yeah. yeah. And they're using all, all modular... That's pretty much all modular. I think there's, there's some samples in there which are played back from uh, modular. But yeah. Devox mm. is certainly on one, one of these uh, new um, groups of musicians who are using modular a lot more to the fore. That's mm. mm. yeah, great. Really nice. I've listened to more of that. So we have a, another track uh, uh, by Blue Tech from your mm. label. Chap, even Bartholomew from San Diego? Yep, yeah, although I think he's moved now. But... Um, Evans Blue Tech's more in uh, just uh, all the genres. He's, he's more in a sort of the DJ EDM dance kind of vibe, I guess, um, mm. than out and out electronic uh, music. But I've known about his music for quite a while. He's done a lot of stuff, played a lot of shows. Quite a popular musician, and certainly in the states. Again, he got in touch with me on this um, opening track to his Liquid Geometry's album. Uh, it's about te- about textures. It's a beautiful, beautiful melding quite subtle there's like waves build up and it's a beautifully textured piece and Bardo that's from uh, Tibetan Buddhism is it like the way Bardo waves the truck's called Hmm.
very cinematic, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I like the fact it references the Berlin School sequencing side of things, but it's an unmistakably modern sounding uh, pr- uh, pr- production. Mm. So it's, quite, it's, it's referencing the past, but it's bringing it right up into what you can do now. And I, I really like that kind of vibe. Yeah, it's quite a sort of multiplex of different sounds, isn't it, coming in. So we come on to a piece by Ian Boddy. I can't remember which one I've given you, though. <laughs> it's uh, Omicron. All right. Well, actually, there's a tie-in with Evan here because Evan's just released... He has a um, a record label called Behind the Sky Music in the States and he's just released this wonderful Portals double album which references the the Cosmiche German sound of the 70s, unashamedly looking back. The cover art is beautiful. It looks like a... It looks like an alternative cover to the, the classic Dune science fiction novel by Frank mm. oh, um, Herbert. And he gave me the brief for this, and I've combined several of the, of the things that you've heard in some of the previous pieces. So there is ostinato patterns, but they do move with chords, so it's a little bit like says in a way. And it has passion in it, I hope. It builds up. It starts off quite a mysterious start. The chords are quite distorted at the start and I wanted it to really grow to quite a a climax and then fall back down again. Using a lot of analogue gear, the uh, Moog Matriarch gets used a lot on this and what I often do with the Moog Matriarch is I treat it through the surge and that's what gives the growliness at the the beginning and also the beautiful tone to the the arpeggiators is actually treated through the surge. All right. So, yeah. Cross-fertilising the synths. Yes, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and the, so Omicron is like it's, it's a constellation and it's, and it's uh, an algorithm as well, isn't it? It's a Greek letter. I, I yeah, chose Omicron, it because yeah. he wanted this Portals album to have a sci-fi retro feel yeah. and uh, the, I just like the sound of the word. It just mm. sounds like a 70s sci-fi thing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I chose it for... <laughs> you, you, you've got to say it in a certain voice you've got to go Omicron there <laughs> <laughs> we go
can see the front cover of that. That Chris Foss <laughs> artwork. Intergalactic. And it's got a lovely phaser on that as well, isn't it? That's... I think, uh, I, again, cross-populating pop, cross with stuff, what I sometimes do, there's phasers on the surge, but I sometimes use my old uh, Roland System 100M phasers and I track mm. things through there and they're as noisy as hell but they really have a, a beautiful sound. There's, yeah. there's loads of tape echo on there as well. I have a, I used to have a, um, an RE501, which I foolishly sold in the mid-1990s. Never sell a tape echo, oh. <laughs> silly old me. So <laughs> quite recently, there's, there's an Australian company called Echofix, who have basically done a completely new um, model based on the best bits of the space echoes. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. So I, I actually bought one, one of those. And there's something about tape echo, all the, all the plugins in the world don't quite... Don't quite sound like tape, tape echo, mm. uh, and I think one of the, one of the things is it's very hard to get the the delay time exactly right. In in a plugin, you can get it within you you, you you can sync it to the clock and it's spot on. Sometimes with tape echo, you've got to do it by feel, mm. especially when you have more than two two heads doing the tape echo. So you basically tune the speed of the tape echo to give the time de de delay based on how it feels to you. And later on, sometimes you think, well, actually, it's not quite in time, but it, it kind of works. Yeah. So we're on to the, the last track, uh, by Scanner. Ah, yes. The Ascent. Robin, yeah, yes. Um, obviously, <laughs> everyone knows the pandemic is causing chaos for musicians playing live. Mm. And Robin took an active... He took an active decision. He All his concerts, like all my concerts, and lots of musicians have been cancelled he decided to do um, a streamed video of him playing live and it was very well planned and very well ex executed and I, I was listening to this and I've known Robin for a while and um, I thought this is great <laughs> I basically contacted him that night and said if you could do more music like that we could put that out and in and he sort of went yeah okay so <laughs> he left he left the setup he had used for the streamed concert and over the next week he recorded about 70 or 80 minutes worth of tracks and sent them over to me and I curated a running order which he agreed with and we put up the, the, the album and this is uh, from Scanner's new album out on DIN Records it's uh, The Ascent
Yes, it reminds me of the um, reminds me of the old tape delay experiments I used to do when I first started out, uh, which was a long time ago, <laughs> using two tape recorders and the sort of Frippertronics kind of thing, where it kind of it's very mm. dreamlike kind of quality to it as well, which I really like. Yeah, yeah, and that lovely sort of double bass mm. sound is is on the bed of it. It's a yes. great track. Isn't it? He's another person that really he seems to get the emotional content. Emotion is very important. Mm. I think um, music. I'm not going to, you know, there's no real rules or wrongs or rights, but I always feel with music, the composer should have something to say and mm. should try. It's a form of communication after all. And uh, so emotions are a very important part of that. All the pieces you've chosen tonight have, have got that element to them. And they've all got the element of uh, improvisation and expression. And, and the musical emotion. Mm. I think that's, that's sort of a, if there's a thread, that's, that's what I've got from it. Good, that's very interesting. <laughs> Excellent. That was really nice, Ian. Really nice selection. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you very much for, ask, for asking me on. Hope you all enjoyed it. Thanks again for listening. Fantastic choices from great Ian Body. Yeah, fantastic sounds there from Ian. So tune in next week for some more electronic meanderings and noodlings yes past, present and future sounds join us on Facebook Coastal Electronauts carry on the conversation there yes please do we'd love to hear from everyone we'll see you next week bye bye